Welcome back to the G Truth, where we speak of the one and only good truth. And I'm here today to talk about, just today, just now, only to talk about Super Bowl 53. And I came to this game super pumped up. This Magic Johnson um, Super Bowl preview uh, video is all is all you gotta hear to get hyped up for the game that already happened. But I listened to it before the game and I got hyped up. So just listen in. All right, let me tell you a story. Because this town, my town, was built on storytelling. Movies, TV, action, drama, all that and more. And to tell a great story, you need a great rivalry. You need a showdown. And Los Angeles versus Boston is as good as it gets. All right, you get it. It goes on for... I don't know, like a minute, 30, more. And it went through, like, you know, the Boston uh, Celtics and Lakers rivalry. It went through the Red Sox and Dodgers World Series game. Um, went through all that stuff. But it really didn't... I mean, for me, it was, like, super, super hyped up the game. Uh, and then you had, like, the Peyton Manning commercial right before the game. Type it up. Um, you had the pregame speeches come out. Everything was super hyped up for this game. But for me, it became one of the most boring games to ever watch. And since it was like on national TV as well, it was it was a pity that it was that bad of a game. It wasn't a bad game, let me put it that way. It was just a defensive game. It was just not entertaining. Let me put it that way. It was not fun and enjoyable to watch if you're a casual fan or even if you're you know, a fan like me who kind of looks more into it, looks for more details, all that stuff. Especially when you come off, you know, the conference championships where you have high-scoring games, the Rams-Saints 26-23, and the Patriots and Chiefs 37-31. And then you come into the Super Bowl game all hyped up, expecting a score that's, you know, I, I, I expected it to be in the mid-30s, 34-31 Patriots. But then the result ends up being 13-3 Patriots. I mean, I was right about who won, but I thought it was going to become more of a shootout, if anything, in high scoring and a lot more entertaining like the Eagles game last year against the Patriots. This was the lowest scoring football game. Well, not lowest football scoring football game of all time, but it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl game of all time in the NFL. This game averaged 98.2 million viewers, and that sounds like a lot. But that was its small the Super Bowl's smallest audience since Super Bowl 42 with with the New York Giants against the New England Patriots. But I'm not but but I'm not here to trash the uh, Super Bowl. I'm here to uh tell tell you guys what I, what you guys need to know. Basically give a review on it. So the Patriots, I'm going to start off with the Patriots. They were 3 of 12 on third downs. They had a total of 52 rushing yards in the first half. So, so, so like I said last week, the, the Rams had to stop them on third downs and had to stop the run game. And what did they do? They did just that in the first half, but their offense was not able to click, so it was a 3-0 game Patriots going into halftime. That defense by Wade Phillips for the Rams 
was spectacular. But continuing on with the with the Patriots, the Patriots dominated the time of possession early on in the game and continue to do so, even though in the end, uh, the end stats show that they had the ball for thirty three minutes and the Rams had it for twenty seven minutes. It was really a lot. It felt a lot more uh, divided and separated than you know just six minutes of separation in time of possession. And this led to the Patriots wearing out the Rams defensive line with Aaron Donald, uh, Dante Fowler, and Dominica Sue, and Brockers as well. It wore them out. And then all of a sudden, out of the gates, the Patriots have 102 rushing yards in the second half alone. Giving them a total of 154 rushing yards for the whole game. And then you have Tom Brady going down um, on the game-winning drive like he always does. His sixth game-winning drive in the Super Bowl for his sixth Super Bowl win. Gets that game-winning drive. Two big plays to Gronk in the fourth quarter, which basically sealed up the game because the Patriots were just playing phenomenally on defense. Brian Flowers and, uh, or Brian Flores, I guess that's, I guess that's how you say it, uh, and Bill Belichick came into the game with a great defensive plan. They took away the run game early on from from the Rams. The the Rams only had 62 rushing yards total and couldn't even get to 200 passing yards for the whole game, which gave them a total of less than 300 total yards, and they actually only got 260 total yards on 60 plays, which is not great for 4.3 Yards per play. So that's not great. Not at all. And they got an immense amount of pressure on on Goff. On Jared Goff. He was sacked four times and they got multiple hits on him. Basically every single time he touched the ball, he he was essentially hit. He completed only 50% of his throws. 19 for 38. They even forced an interception out of him. And what they did is they took away the run game, and they knew that the Rams couldn't, uh, or wouldn't, actually, because they could, but they wouldn't, uh, pass it to the running back because they weren't using Todd Gurley that way for this game for whatever reason. And so what they could do is just man up, have people rushing, and have everyone else, you know, fill in the area in the middle, which forced Goff to make tough throws, especially since the Patriots... Double-teamed Robert Woods and let Stephon Gilmore, who's, a, I believe, is an all-pro this year, at cornerback. And they let him go one-on-one with Brandon Cooks. And he did a phenomenal job as he had three pass deflections, an interception, a forced fumble, and five tackles. One of those pass deflections was not like a swatting the ball, but more of Cooks got the ball and he was probably going to get it for a touchdown. And Gilmer just wrapped him up, and the ball came out. So give the Patriots all the credit on defense. Give Bill, give Bill Belichick all the credit that he needs. Same with Brian Flores. Tom Brady didn't have his best game, but he came through when he, when they needed it the, needed it the most to uh, seal the game, win the game. And that defense was just phenomenal from the start of the game to the end of the game and took advantage of a young uh, Rams team that has all this fire built up in them but just was 
too inexperienced to really do much uh, against that Patriots defense. Now for the Rams. Their defense played phenomenal. If, if you told me that, that the Patriots will only score 13 points in this game and Tom Brady would not throw a touchdown but an interception, I would say that the Rams would win. But that was not the case. Even though they played well on defense, Tom Brady was sacked once and they got a whole bunch of pressure on him. And for that first half, everyone everyone was in check. Literally, Gronkowski couldn't do anything. Uh, Sonny Michelle couldn't do anything. Rex Burkhead couldn't do anything. Tom Brady couldn't do anything. He even threw that pick on his uh, first throw of the game. Edelman was the only one that was actually doing much on the offensive side. But even then, it wasn't anything crazy that led to any points. Uh, Goskowski missed the field goal. So that, that defense was playing pretty well. It stopped a fourth and one uh, attempt by the Patriots early on. They they held their ground for, for the majority of the game until that second half where the Patriots just ran it down their throat. But on the offensive side, I was severely uh, or heavily disappointed with the Rams. They came into this game averaging 33 points per game for the season. They scored three points. And give all the credit to, to the Patriots defense. But to score only three points in the Super Bowl when you have one of the most explosive offenses in the league and and people are calling you a rebirth of the greatest show on on turf. Oh, that rhyme, that's pretty cool. But back to my point. People were calling calling them the revival of the greatest show on turf. They scored 33 points in the regular season and to only score three points in the Super Bowl, the biggest moment of the whole season, is disappointing. They did not use Tom Gurley as much as I would have liked them to. And whether he was injured or not, if they were not to feature him in the running game, I would have liked to see him more in the passing game. He had one reception for negative for negative one yards, the whole game. C.J. Anderson had more targets and receptions than Ty Gurley for more yards too, but he's a big dude. He's not in receiving back. And like, and like I said, and like I said before, adjusting to that, the Patriots were very easily able to just say, "Hey, you." You're, you're, you're going to have him block. You're going to have your running back block if you're passing. And if you don't, you're not going to pass it to him because you guys are a team that looks for the explosive play. So we're going to man up, double team um, Robert Woods, and let Brandon Cooks go one-on-one against our best cornerback in Stephon Gilmore and have our safeties lay back and, and give you the occasional blitz and mix up the uh, looks for, for Jared Goff. And Goff just didn't make the necessary throws. And I think that this game showed, more than anything, the the inexperience of, of Goff and what he needs to do in the future. Because early on, I believe that Sean McVay's headset went out uh, and he was yelling the plays out for Goff. 
but it seemed like to me that Goff just didn't know how to call out the mic, how to call out the blitzer. And yes, I know the Patriots threw out uh, a lot of this guy's defense and blitzes and all that stuff. But I mean, you gotta make some sort of attempt. And you gotta and you gotta get it right at some point. You didn't get it right at all. It seemed to me that he predetermined a lot of his throws. And the easiest and the easiest example of pointing that out is when Brandon Cooks was wide open in the end zone for six seconds. Goff had all day to throw, but he was looking to the opposite side of the field where people were heavily covered, heavily congested, and Jason McCourty being able to see that that, that Brandon Cooks was wide open there and that and that Jerry Goff would eventually throw it to him after like a bazillion years. Jason McCourty eventually chased Brandon Cooks down and Goff eventually threw the ball. And Cooks was just sitting there. It was a bit of an overthrow. Uh, so Cooks had to kind of back up, try to go for a tippy-toe touchdown. And it really shouldn't have been a tippy-toe touchdown. It should have been just a bullet right there. But it gave Jason McCourty enough time to come over there and hit Cooks right as soon as he was able to uh, about to catch it and just slap his hand and knock the ball loose. And and that's the thing. The the Rams are an explosive team. They they rely on big plays. They had two potential big plays. Down right there to Brandon Cooks in the end zone. And another one to Brandon Cooks when he was going um on what like a seam or fly route uh down the sideline. And it was a good pass by Goff, his best pass for the whole day. It went right into uh Brandon Cooks' arms, but Stephon Gilmore just slapped it out. Just tackled him, slapped it out. So for me, it was just a horrible performance by, by the Rams' offense. Super underwhelming. And I think this goes more on... Well, I mean, you can debate this, whether it goes on uh, Sean McVay or or Jared Goff more. I, I think Jared Goff, being the quarterback, takes a bit more of the blame for for not being able to execute. And then Sean McVay takes the blame for not being able to adjust accordingly during halftime. These guys were at 3 out of 13 on third down and showed a complete lack of discipline as well on both sides of the ball. Holding, false start, illegal shift, hands to the face, all that stuff. They ended the game with nine penalties for 65 yards. And, and, and I believe that this game was pretty well uh, refereed. They didn't call a whole bunch of roughing the passer. I don't think there was a roughing the passer for the whole game. Um, they they didn't have a whole bunch of holding calls or PIs in the game. Um, but I think that it was just more of the Rams shooting themselves in the foot for, for a majority of this game. And when they finally got things going, Jared Goff just lobbed it up. And Stephon Gilmer was in the right place at the right time. Perfect positioning. And it was such an easy throw to pick off, too. All, all he had to do was turn around and just jump up and catch it, and that's what he did. He he intercepted it pretty easily, and that was game. So I think overall I was just disappointed with the whole game. It wasn't anything crazy. wasn't anything special. Um, it was more of a defensive game, I think. And 
serious analysis, um, or yeah, serious analysis will like dive into huge depths of of the defensive performance on both sides of the ball. But it really came down to this: one team was experienced, one team was not. One team was more prepared than the other. One team had the goat, Rasha the goats, greatest coach of all time, greatest. Quarterback of all time, greatest player of all time in the NFL, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Both coached amazing games. Well, Bill Belichick coached an amazing game. Tom Brady delivered when he needed to in the fourth quarter. And, you know, realistically, this game should have been a whole lot worse for the Rams. Let me go over it. Tom Brady doesn't throw that interception immediately. Worst case scenario... Uh, Patriots got a field goal. Uh, next drive down, they miss a field goal. They make that worst case scenario six zero. They go down, punt. Next position, they kick a field goal three zero. But adding the first three possessions where they could have had at minimum a field goal, that'd be nine zero. And then, um, right before halftime, where they're driving down the field and they get fourth and one in the Rams' territory, and they're like unsure of whether to continue going down, giving enough time for the uh, Rams to do something with the ball, they decide to go for it on fourth and one, and it gets stopped. They kick a field goal there. It's twelve zero, and I'm willing to bet that on one on one of those possessions, they probably get a touchdown. So this game could have easily been twenty zero. Easily. Heading into halftime. And yeah, there would have been some offense. But it would have also been kind of boring. That That's really the only way to sum it up. One team showed up, but just wasn't able to deliver for a half, which was the Patriots. And one team just didn't show up offensively at all. The defense for the Rams played spectacular. Aaron Donald did what... A lot of people expect him, expected him to do I expected him to do it a bit, but not to the degree that he did it, where he got enough pressure on Tom Brady. Tom Brady got sacked once, but they got a whole bunch of pressure in into the backfield, into Tom Brady, where, where they forced him to get outside of the pocket, instant pressure. They forced him to do checkdowns, and they swallowed that up immediately as soon as the running back caught it. There were times where, where Tom Brady tried to do a little screen pass or a little checkdown, uh, behind the line of scrimmage as he was getting pressured and it ended up being a loss of five yards because Aaron Donald or Ndamukong Sue or Fowler or Brockers were, was there immediately. Now, now I want to talk about the um, Super Bowl MVP who is Julian Edelman. Now for me, it's hard to give out a Super Bowl MVP in this type of a game when it's 13-3 to and it's extremely boring, unentertaining, and the only touchdown that we had was from Sonny Michelle at, at the end of the game, a running touchdown like two or three yards out from the end zone, so nothing really too exciting. I mean, he had a good game, Sonny Michelle. He had 94 yards, 18 carries, touchdown. So he played pretty well, but that came more in the second half than in the first half. Julian Edelman played pretty well throughout, but he didn't have a touchdown. 
So so I'll point out two two players that, that I think you could make a case for winning uh the Super Bowl MVP over Julian Edelman. And this is this takes nothing away from what uh Julian Edelman did coming off uh an injury last season, coming back this season and being suspended for I believe like the first four games. Um for I think PED use or something like that. And then winning the uh Super Bowl MVP, nothing nothing to take away from his hundred forty one yard in ten reception performance. But I think that there are two people or Patriots players that are a bit more deserving of it maybe. Or or I would say you could debate uh could get it over Julian Edelman. So I will not say Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a good game, maybe decent game, but not great. And I'm and I'm looking for the guys that had great games. So so the first one that comes to mind is Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. I I, I know they had less yards than uh Julian, Julian Edelman. He had eighty seven yards on six receptions. But he had the two biggest catches of the whole game. And they came on the same drive down the field for the game winning touch for the game winning touchdown. That diving catch. Ooh. That was on the money from Brady, his best throw for the for the whole game. And Rob Gronkowski has to lay himself out, dive for that ball. And that's the only way that he can catch it. So I think that he's definitely there. It's not more of a uh, statistical sort of thing, but it's more of a um, big moment sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. And since it was an extremely well, uh, well played defensive performance by the Patriots, you also got to you you also got to look at the defensive side of it. You can look at Dante Hightower, who had. Uh, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, uh, which were those two sacks, a uh, pass deflection, Q- three QB hits, and two tackles for the whole game. Dang, uh, I-, I just look at these numbers right now. Jared Goff got hit 12 times. Oh, my goodness. But anyways, back. I'm just looking at the stats right now for ES- at ESPN.com. Um, but I already had this all. You know, written out, obviously. But I think that I would, on the defensive side, even though it worked as more of a collective unit, I think I would give this more to Stephon Gilmore just because he played against uh, Brandon Cooks, who's fast, speedy, um, makes quick little cuts, can do all these different routes, knows the defensive, or, or again, knows like the defensive mindset of the Patriots since he was there last season for the Patriots. And so he knows or has a sense of, um, you know, how, how to play against them. And I guess Stephon, Stephon, Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore had the same intel on, on Brandon Cooks. And he went one-on-one for, against him for the whole game. There, there are moments where he wasn't guarding him, but he was guarding him for the majority of the game. And yes, Brandon Cooks had, I think, I think 120 yards, but I don't think most of those came against... Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore had, like I mentioned before, five tackles, three pass deflections, an interception to seal the game. 
and a forced fumble. Now, that forced fumble didn't really turn into anything because he stripped it from C.J. Anderson, and, and it just bounced out of bounds. And the Rams maintained possession of the ball since it went out of bounds. But statistically, and also big moments with that interception that sealed the game, I mean, you got to have Stephon Gilmore in that discussion. So I think that for me, my rankings for Super for uh, Super Bowl MVP would go... Actually, I mean, you can even throw uh, Van Noy in there on, on the defensive line for the Patriots. But I would say Stephon Gilmore is number one. And then between Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski for two and three. And then fourth place would be Dante Hightower. And then fifth would be Tom Brady. That's what I believe. You guys might believe something else different. Um, and that's fine. But that that's my opinion on the game. And my opinion on the Super, on the Super Bowl MVP. So anyways, thank you for listening to The G-Truth. If you are listening on whatever uh, podcast app, be sure to follow or subscribe according to whatever app that you have. As well as leave any comments or ratings or anything like that so that I may learn and then you can get a better experience because I will read those comments and I will improve uh, on whatever you have to say. Got it? All right, cool. Anyways, this has been the G-Truth. G-Truth out. Peace.